Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Here in the age of social media, right? We're recording this, as longtime listeners know, uh, on a virtual interface, right? We're... we're um, we're mentally and soulfully together, but not physically together, and that may be the case for some time. However, technology is allowing us to feel closer, right? And and this the crazy thing is, this stuff is so cheap now. We're talking about the proliferation of cheap imaging technology. You guys remember um, when not everyone could afford a camera editing software and stuff like that? I mean, hell, I remember when not every phone had a camera on it, or it was like, uh, who's got a digital camera? Go find one. You know, now it's like a non-issue, you know? Well, if you were going to take a video with one of those, it was this tiny little MPEG 
file that you'd end up getting, even though you had this powerful camera, the digital camera you could use, your video was so terrible. Oh, yeah. And you just had a, a, a nice curated set of pixels that would move in what appeared to look like a face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. But but now we have, you know, now it's it's so affordable to buy these things. And, and on balance, that's a good thing. But combine that with the massive growth of social media and the massive growth, this is something you people don't talk about as often, the massive growth of archival capacity. It, this this means, if you want to be sweet and nostalgic about it, that our days of cherishing a few like glamour photographs from your from your local photography studio or a few uh, expensive Polaroids, those days are all but gone. Now you can post photos of yourself, your friends, or strangers, and you can post them anywhere you please. There are some laws about it, um, but they're they're not really good. Because legislation has always been technology's slower sibling. And so those those laws often don't have a lot of teeth to them. And with the rise of all this technology and the rise of all these capabilities, we also see the rise of technology that is exclusively meant to exploit the vast amount of stuff that we've been making just from like LiveJournal, Tumblr, MySpace, Friendster, Facebook, all you know, all the hits, all that jazz. So what do you guys think? I mean, optimists and pessimists have a different idea of, of what this means for the world. Well, yeah. So on the optimist side, I would just say the number of photographs and captured memories I have of my son is probably more, you know, it's certainly thousands of times greater than that which exists for me as a child and my growth, my, you know, my parents, and then going back and back and back and back. It's just exponentially a larger amount of memories that are captured throughout his life, my son. So that's great. That's wonderful. We can look back on those, you know, um, until the, the machines all turn off or we lose electricity. Those, those images will exist for my family and people that care about me and, and my son. But on the flip side of that, Matt, you know, like folks like my mom, for example, she doesn't consider those real. Like she's like, if it's not printed out and it's not in a frame on my mantle, then that is not a real memory, which is interesting because you, to your point about like the machines turning off, there's all these companies now that will take your Instagram photos and print them out and send you framed copies of them. And the proliferation of like Instax cameras and like more analog technology is sort of a response, almost a backlash to this over digitization of like our memories and our collective kind of, you know, unconscious really in a way with all the stuff that's out there. It's like, there's this sense of, is, it really ours once it's out there in the ether? And I think that's a big part of today's question. Yeah. Who, who owns the art, the artist or the audience? It's a very old question, but it's one that has continually been relevant, right? And Yeah, but, but the other question, Ben, is, is it art or is it just data? Right, right. There we go. That's a good, that's a good distinction. Um, it's a tough distinction to make. Optimists are saying, this is great, you guys. The world's going to be a safer place. And think how convenient everything's going to be. You'll never lose your favorite photo again, you know, and criminals can no longer disappear into a crowd. And then pessimists say, you know, in a world beyond privacy, uh, every person is monitored continually throughout their lives. Your image is logged countless times. And all the data from that image and all the other images of you 
It's analyzed, it's bought and sold without your knowledge or your permission, a world careening towards sci-fi dystopia, pre-crime, pre-existing medical conditions, advertising so invasive and so bespoke that it might as well be reading your mind because it's doing something very close to that. But before you get all Blade Runner and Minority Report, let's, let's start closer to the beginning. There is a revolution happening in the world of facial recognition right now, and its name is Clearview AI. Here are the facts. Yeah, I mean, the first time I heard of Clearview AI was uh, on a recent uh, NPR piece where the founder was interviewed. Uh, so this is a very relatively new company, at least to me. But uh, as far as the background, um, it is a research tool that is being used by law enforcement specifically in the company. It makes it very clear that this is something that's designed exclusively for use by law enforcement uh, in order to identify um, perpetrators and victims of of crimes it's a little it's bit pretty on the vague side i would say yeah yeah I, I mean that's you know we have to be honest that's that's the high level like log line or pitch from the company on its own website so we can't blame them for not wanting to get too into the weeds about algorithms but if we look at how it actually works we can we can get a high level understanding it's a startup it has a massive database of faces, just specifically faces, somewhere north of three billion images. And as we're as we're recording this, that number is likely still growing. So that number is going to be a little bit higher by the time um, you get to the end of this episode. Yeah, and, and it was uh, that the gentleman who founded the startup, Hon Ton Thot, uh, was who I heard interviewed on. I believe it was the Daily, actually. So if you want to hear directly from this gentleman's uh, mouth, what he believes the mission of this technology and this company is, it's a very fascinating inter interview that kind of delves into some of the slippery slope sides of this technology that we're going to get into. But as far as the end users concerned, um, which in this case would be law enforcement, because currently this is not available to uh, civilians, um, you take a picture um, and it identifies who that person is. Simple as that. By, by matching it with all of this information that they've collected and they've collected it, you know, not through any really nefarious means. It's all that information that we talked about that's already out there. All they've got to do is reach out and grab it. It's a it's a search engine for faces and it sounds innocuous at first. I, I also um, I, if it was the daily, I think I, I listened to that interview um, but I, I also listened to an excellent interview you sent, Matt, an extended CNN business uh, conversation. So if you want to see them visual, like if you want to see the founder using the app a couple of different times, I think he does it on himself. He does it on um, the interviewer and then he does it on one of their producers. And, and it, it seems to work. Um, it, it, it's not a sensationalized thing either, at least the way they're presenting it. Yeah. But we're, we're going to get it. We're going to maybe talk about that a little more. Um, just, just if you do want to, look at that video um it's an interview with donnie o'sullivan with cnn business and it is we're going to reference it several times in this episode yeah so like you said noel clearview has taken this from publicly available sources your facebook's your youtube's your venmo's uh which yes are publicly available uh, and the federales and local law enforcement 
admit that they only have a, a limited knowledge of how the app actually works mechanically, the nuts and bolts of it. But they do confirm they've already used it to help solve uh, shoplifting cases, identity theft cases, credit card fraud, child abuse even, and, and even several homicides. This technology goes, by the way, far beyond anything constructed by Silicon Valley giants or anything officially uh, created or used by the U.S. government. Yeah, in that that interview that we just mentioned, uh, Juan mentions that they they had this image or this video file of a child abuse um, incident, and the person of interest walks past in the background at one point, and there were only two usable frames of this person's face. And again, like imagine in the background of a video. They were able to take a still from that video of this person's face and identify him through other social media websites where they've got all this data from and uh, make an arrest on this person. Like that, that is, um, it's mind blowing that you could do that and thank goodness that they were able to do that. But it's the implication of being able to do that in that one instance and then applying it across everything is what makes it feel a little scary because for the they, critics, for the critics. Well, well, yeah, for the critics <laughs> or for the people who are looking at it big picture. So if you're, you're thinking about it just in a law enforcement uh, application, then it's amazing. Right. And it's the best thing ever. But if you apply it to everything, to everyone at all times outside of law enforcement, then eesh. Well, and just strictly on like a technological level, it's fascinating and and clearly a uh, a huge leap forward in this kind of technology. Because I mean, we've seen these videos they're talking about these grainy surveillance videos or ATM camera videos. I mean, you it's hard to as a human being, even if you knew that person, it'd be difficult for you to to identify them. So this using this algorithm and, and you know analyzing, comparing it to all these different subjects, I imagine using points of articulation like on the faces and the structures or whatever, it's able to come back with positive matches. I think that's really fascinating and, and a really, you know, uh, pretty innovative use of technology for sure as a nerd speaking, you know, exclusively on that level. But you're right, Matt, when you start to apply it uh, on a larger scale, it gets really 1984-ish and kind of scary. I appreciate that point, Noel. It's something that's going to come into play later, and it may surprise some of our fellow listeners uh, to learn a little bit more about this technology and, and some of the uh, the other topics that you raised there. I, wa- I want to say this. The, their pitch is very law enforcement-based on the website. Uh, they're quick to point out They've, they're quick to claim, I should say, that they've helped law enforcement track down hundreds of at-large criminals. Uh, they mention the, the real, the things that make people very emotional, like um, child abusers, terrorists, sex traffickers. But they also say this technology is used to help exonerate the innocent and identify victims. Uh, and it seems that they're, they might be embellishing a little bit in terms of the degree of help they're providing, but they are providing help. The authorities have used this. It's happening now. They've done so without much public scrutiny, or they were for most of 2019 doing so without much public scrutiny. In early 2020, 
Clearview said more than 600 different law enforcement agencies started using our app just in the last year, but they refuse to provide more specifics because they're very protective of their client base. So the badger is out of the bag, metaphorically. This is not a what-if scenario. This exists, this is in use right now, and that means it can therefore be used on you and every single person you know. Is that a bad thing? Uh, Here's the interesting part. This technology is maybe innovative in application, but very much not innovative in theoretical terms. It has been possible for a while. People in the tech world knew about this possibility for a long, long time. And some tech companies, this is so weird, tech companies barely ever do this. Some tech companies like Giants said, you know, we can build something like this. They realized it years ago, and they actually decided to stop researching it. They decided not to deploy this because of the massive potential privacy concerns. Even Google wouldn't do it. It's like that thing in the Batman, um, which which one is it? It's the one with Keith Heath Ledger, where there's that technology that turns every cell phone in the world into a listening device. And, you know, he has to destroy it after using it once because it's just such problematic tech uh, that, um, you know, Morgan Freeman's character basically uh, builds a safeguard device that causes it to, you know, destroy itself. Because it's that's the thing, Ben, about the badger being out of the bag. Once it's out... You can say all day long this is just for law enforcement, but like you said, Ben, the capability's been there. So who's to stop somebody from doing a kind of copycat version of this once it's out there and available to check out, even if it's only, quote unquote, just for law enforcement, you know? I mean, so were certain kinds of radios and tasers and things like that, you know? And people in the public have those now, too, don't they? It's a very good point. Yeah. I mean, back in 2011, think about how long ago that was, almost 10 years ago, the chairman of Google said facial recognition technology, this kind of stuff that Clearview is doing, is the one technology that Google is holding back on because we feel like it could be used in a very bad way. And now, this is a fascinating point here. Some cities have even preemptively banned police from using any kind of facial recognition technology. And one of the most notable examples of a city that's banned this San Francisco, at the very heart of technological innovation here in the U.S. So they definitely knew what was coming. Their lawmakers, their constituents uh, gave it a big nope. And, and here's, here's the other thing. Clearview AI, if we think about the future of it, the code behind it is fascinating. If anyone out there has been watching the latest season of Westworld, you may be familiar with the glasses that several characters wear. And just think about that. If you are familiar with that, think about that as we describe what this thing can do. Yeah, think about it carefully because, you see, Clearview AI, the the code behind it isn't just facial recognition. It, it also includes programming language that would allow this tool to pair with AR or augmented reality glasses. What does this mean? This means that if the sunglasses I'm wearing now were uh, were functioning with Clearview AI, I could walk down the street and I could identify almost every person I saw. And not just other pictures of them, but breadcrumbs that would tell me where they lived, 
you know, what, what their children's identities were, uh, what their name was, what they did for a living. And start, it would automatically play the uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Uh, actually, that's a really great idea for an add-on game for these glasses. <laughs> you can see how close people are to Kevin Bacon. You heard it here first, but, but it's scary because then you would like, you would see, you would see Matt Frederick and then you would, you would know his friends, Paul Mission Control Deckett, Noel Brown, Ben Bolin, and you would know everyone he worked with. It it just, it gets real sticky really quickly. And, and I, can you hear the feds drooling in the background? Is that just my cat? I, I don't know at this point, but that's the high level look. Or spies. I mean, just any spy. Imagine that. Well, you guys, I mean, I think we're forgetting an even cl- more classic sci-fi example of this, that the kind of heads-up display you'd see in a movie like The Terminator, you know, where you're seeing from the perspective of this, you know, assassin robot who's looking for a target and being able to see who everybody is and get all these stats and metrics. And You could apply this to any number of, uh, you know, um, let's call them parameters surrounding an individual. You could then go deep with this and start pulling stats from their social media and be served up with information about their height and or, or you know whatever like any like um uh, let's say they have pre-existing condition or something like that or they have some kind of you know uh What's the word I'm looking for? Like compromise on them. Uh, you could even go deeper and find pictures of them, like maybe smoking when they've claimed that they don't smoke and they are, you know, committing insurance fraud. I don't know. I'm just saying. There's all kinds of ways you could deep dive, scrape this data, and apply these points to an individual, and then get that information served up to you very quickly in this mm-hmm. display. And and yeah, and optimists are so quick to point out. The potential benefits of Clearview AI and facial recognition in general. It's true. There are benefits. Pessimists, however, claim the disadvantages here in this specific case far outweigh any of those benefits. Outweigh them, in fact, by a vast and disturbing margin. We'll pause for a word from our sponsor and return to dive down the rabbit hole. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. 
Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Here's where it gets crazy. There are a ton of problems. We've... we've you know, we've done some foreshadowing on these, but but let's let's talk a little bit more about them first. You know, you can categorize these, right? So first, there are not many strong operational restrictions on how this technology is actually used. That means that it can not only be easily misused, but that there will probably not be repercussions for people, at least not not legal repercussions. It's like a point you made earlier, Ben, off off mic. It's like when you used to go into those uh, tobacco shops and, uh, you know, you are not allowed to refer to certain smoking apparatuses as bongs. They are water pipes exclusively because that absolves the, uh, the, the distributor, the retailer of any responsibility if you choose to use them in an illegal manner. It's the same thing. It's like saying... I, hey, whatever you do with my thing is up to you. I, I you know it's designed exclusively for a legal purpose. Um, it's a real sticky situation, isn't it? Because I mean, it's it it, it, it not only um, puts all of the burden on the user, it absolves the creator of any kind of responsibility at all. Or does hey, it? But, do, do, do those hey, things hey, hold but, up? Hey, hey, buddy, that's a tobacco water pipe. All yeah. right, <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> say, you know, saying something like that, the way the founder did in that interview with CNN, where he was just saying, you know, the, the thing says, just use it in this way. Uh, it's, it's, we've seen it over and over and over again. There, there are a couple of good things that he does speak about in that CNN business interview. And one of the major things, you know, if you put it at the top, it's that the, the software costs around fifty thousand dollars to have a license for a you know for a department or something two, for a year. Two years for two years, and so at least there's a buy-in 
level there that just your average person if they're getting if they're obtaining it legally wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to use and then there are you know ways to verify if you know an end user is actually if that license is uh is actually that person they should be using it that's good um and the other thing is if you're a manager within the software of a license you know a licensee of this software you get audits of every time the software has been used, which is really nice. So at least at least there could be some oversight to it, and they could check to see if you are quote using it in a way they're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's an there's an example of that. I think that will, that will come into play here later, which is kind. Of, it's pretty weird. Uh, it's it's little it's a little spooky. Uh, but I I want to go back to that warning. It's it's literally something. It's it's like that old FBI VHS tape warning that we mentioned in an earlier episode. You go onto the the homepage essentially of the app, which you can use on desktop or you can use on your phone, and uh, basically all it says is like, don't use this in a bad way and that's it's it's like as effective as those tags on mattresses that say don't remove this tag or or the the little note on your box of q-tips that's like hey don't put these in your ear i know it feels awesome uh and i know that's what everybody does with it but (laughs) don't don't put them in your ear uh, and then, like you said, Noel, that absolves them. Right? Or the warning about seizures at the beginning of when you start up your PlayStation. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah, if, okay, maybe I get seizures, but I'm going to roll the dice because I sure want to play me some Borderlands 3, you know? Yeah, because you know, now that I think about it, we might be in a bit of a glass house situation here, uh, my friends, because our show literally starts with a warning that says you can turn back now. We're not, we're not as bad as Q-tips. You can. You you can turn yeah. back now. That's definitely as as is our prerogative to follow said warnings and not stick Q tips in our ears. But who wants to do that? What are you going to use them for? Like putting on eyeshadows? I mean, I don't know. Like, I just the feel back like of your I, ear, the back of your ear. Really? That's but what do you're you need supposed a, to do. Do you need a Q tip for that? Can't you just use like a like a like a a, a tissue? Some people are living wild, man. I don't know what to tell you. About Q-tips are literally probes. I don't know. Anyway, I just feel like they're very clearly designed to shove in your ear, and they, it does feel great. But yeah, it can. It's pretty scary when you pull out some blood. You know, just saying. <laughs> so, yes, I've never done that. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start the trying. Uh, no, get gotten blood. Like gone in for wax out with blood. But you know, maybe I'm just fortunate. Uh, I want to bring up something that is possible with this software and just how it uses it before we jump into uh, the next thing we're going to talk about. And that's just that when your face ends up on a social media website somewhere, if you, even if you did not take that picture, even if you were in the background of a selfie that someone took at Bonnaroo, let's say, or something like that, your face is still searchable at, with facial recognition software if it is visible in the background of an image, if you're in a crowd. And if anywhere you are, anywhere you've been, where a photograph has been taken, where you can, are visible uh, somewhere in the background, this thing, Clearview AI can, may, very much likely, has that image within its database, and your face will be recognizable to it. Just let's put that there. So it doesn't matter if you're on social media. Exactly. Guys, devil's advocate here. Isn't that one of the situations where if you're in public, 
you're sort of giving up that right to privacy. Uh, or if you go to a Bonnaroo, there's usually signs that said when you pass these gates, you are subject to being filmed, etc. And that's usually for more like documentary purposes of the festival. But I would think it would also apply if you're in public and you're caught on, you know, one of these millions of little surveillance devices that people carry around with them. Is that fair game? Can you sue over use of your of misuse of your image i'm, I'm you cannot I, I, I wouldn't have think i wouldn't have thought so i'm Ooh. certainly not arguing about you know the legality of it i'm just saying the reality of mm-hmm. it is yeah, that yeah. wherever you go if there is a camera taking a picture whether it's cctv well cctv generally wouldn't show up in one of these things unless it was placed into the system at the at the risk of sounding too uh I don't know, too extreme about this, maybe too prescient. Uh, I think the best, for people concerned about this, the best way to handle it, which is maddening, is to is to apply some of the rules that, some of the rules that we apply to guns to cameras. So you always assume a gun is loaded, right? You never want to point it at you. So always assume a camera is recording. And if you don't want to be, with that assumption, if you don't want to be in the footage or in the photo, then don't have it pointed at you. You guys remember, I was very uncomfortable with Pokemon Go when it came out. And I was like, no, they're putting po- they're putting these uh, AR little cute things to collect because you are filming. You're filming for them. And you guys were like, Ben, Big Brother does not give a, like, the faintest hint of a, of a sh- about charizards or whatever right but still that that stuff freaks me out you know well, no, but we we did a whole story about the that company niantic and like how it, it had roots in intelligence gathering i mean you're not wrong ben and i remember that and we'd be out hanging out and people would be doing their little capturing their pokemons and they'd be on your cell phone or something and you would like cover your face and that yeah. is your prerogative to do and i completely understand where you're coming from because it's like with the whole zoom phenomenon that we're obviously we're using it right now you can turn off that camera uh, as far as you're concerned where it doesn't show it to the group but I guarantee you it's still capturing what's going on and and storing it somewhere so you know it's a great technology it it works real well which is why it's having this moment right now but I just wouldn't trust it too implicitly you know you know the best technology it's what Ben Ben and I I (laughs) it's a a sticker or some tape just go bloop (laughs) At all but, times, yeah. But that's uh, that's that's still that's that's a low tech hack. But you have to do it because this stuff can be weaponized. And uh, there's a guy named Eric Goldman at the High Tech Law Institute at Santa Clara University. I, I like the way he put it. He said. The weaponization possibilities of this are endless. Imagine a rogue law enforcement officer who wants to stalk someone that they want to hit on later or maybe a foreign government is doing similar to what you described Noel. they're digging up secrets about people to blackmail them or to throw members of an opposition party in jail this stuff can happen and you know clearview is also notoriously secretive even now that's the second big issue it leaves a lot of critics ill at ease we we know some stuff because of some excellent research from earlier reporters, 
let me tell you guys this weird story. So there's a, uh, there was a New York Times journalist who was working on a story about Clearview that really brought it to international attention. Mm-hmm. And, and while this journalist is working with Clearview, is trying to do this story, Clearview isn't really answering him. They're, they're like ducking attempts yep. to contact via text, email, phone call. And so this reporter knows uh, knows that a lot of law enforcement agencies have Clearview access. And so this reporter asks some contacts in the police department to run his photo through the app. And they do a couple times. So the first approach, the first thing he learns about Clearview approaching outside forces is not when they come to him. It's when they go to the police that he worked with and they ask the police, hey, are you talking to the media? How shady is that? Wow. Right? Yeah, that is, whoa. They have an explanation, right? Oh, absolutely. And just really quickly, that's the piece that was on the Daily because the Daily is affiliated with the New York Times. So this was after the fact of this uh, reporter whose name I'm trying to, to find um, had done all this research and gone through this whole runaround to even get a sit down. Uh, the the reporter eventually found the office and it was like very shady. Like there weren't that many people there. It was a skeleton crew and uh, finally got access to the to the founder. But that is all, um, you know, described in, in great detail on that piece by the Daily. I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, Cashmere Hill, the secretive company that might end privacy as we know it, is the um, is the Times article. Yeah, I like what you're saying about when 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 Hill finally figured out where the company was uh, originally on LinkedIn. They just had like one employee listed, and it turned out to be a pseudonym uh, yeah. or a fake name that the founder was using. Uh, so they're they're aware of the dangers here, but. But when they did eventually speak to the reporter, they had an they had reasonable explanations for both of these things. First, the founder said, "Look, we were avoiding speaking to the media, not because we're like super villains or something. It's because we are a tiny startup, and a lot of times when you're a tiny startup, you're in you're in stealth mode, right? The and that makes sense because the NDAs on those things are pretty ironclad. You don't want anyone to scoop you. And then he additionally said." Here's why we talk to the police about your search terms. We actually monitor all the searches that are done because we want to make sure that they're being used correctly. In other words, you know, we want to make sure uh, nothing like like there's never a situation where a police officer is a jilted uh, is jilted by a romantic partner and then they find out their ex has a new lover and they're like, well, I'm going to find out about this. Um, God, I'm even afraid to make up a name because I don't want to put it out there. Uh, 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 Marcus McGillicuddy. Oh, that's swing and a miss. Funny thing about that, though, Ben, is like you don't even need technology this robust to (laughs) dig into somebody that closely removed from, you know, a person you really know. They're probably already like posting, tagging each other on Instagram posts and you just, you know, go and just do a couple clicks and you're there. Um, but no, it's just a really good point. And that's what, what set off those alarm bells. Um, but yeah, the way it's described in the in the in the daily piece, it was very it felt very like, OK, A, they know they're on to something and B, they 
don't want to be found. And I can see to your point, Ben, the whole startup mode. They don't want to get scooped. They don't want anybody stealing their proprietary inf- their you know technology and trying to misuse it or you know uh, create a copycat kind of version of it. So that does make sense. But just it's the whole thing is a little strange. But this app, Clearview, claims. Uh, you know, is is up to security industry standards in terms of, I guess, in terms of, you know, hackability or like firewall security or, you know, being not being vulnerable to being infiltrated. But who is actually watching them? Who is actually monitoring them? Because it, it, it's it's essentially untested and already being put out into the wild in cases that can have huge effects on people's lives. We'll talk more about that after a quick word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, and you know that was a, that was a perfect ad break, Noel. Uh, it also gave me time to get get this cat out of out of my recording studio. I heard you I, had a little meow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well. We're all dealing with new coworkers, right? Can I just do a quick aside, a quick quarantine aside? Had a crisis yesterday. Uh, we I don't know if I've mentioned on the show that my daughter got a hamster right before quarantine kicked in, and uh, I had to inherit it because her mom was allergic, she found out. Uh, hamster's name is Hanako, which is like a, a anime character. But anyway, we realized yesterday afternoon that Hanako is not in her cage. Uh, so we had a, uh, a hamster search party all up in this house for... Uh, freaking out and i had just these horrible visions of like finding a dead decaying hamster you know two weeks later in my sock drawer or something so uh luckily the little the little critter found herself back to where she belonged on her own which was great oh, that's what great. yeah she just popped out and was right there even thought it was a sock and it was uh turns out it was a hamster and it wasn't long i read all this horror stories about how you, you can only search late at night and you gotta bait it with peanut butter and all this stuff and it she just came came right back it was great that's fantastic. Yeah. I had a uh, had a gerbil in my younger days that escaped and lived and uh died in the walls of a house and my uh tried to tried to move the oven and appliances to get to it. Uh but then uh we couldn't and my father thought it would be a good lesson in mortality. Oh boy. Yeah. I was hoping to avoid that particular lesson for my kid, especially during these uh, trying times when things mm. have been mainly pretty positive for us here at, at the house. I'm um, so glad. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, but no, you're right, Ben. Tell us a little bit about the security of this app and, and the idea of it being tested uh, for, you know, um, uh, vulnerabilities, right? Yeah, this is a very interesting point. So a lot of the reporting that came up about Clearview AI came before late February of this year. In late February, Clearview app security was actually tested in the form of a hack. On February 26, the public learned that the company had been breached. Their security had been compromised. Hackers had stolen Clearview AI's entire customer list, which was coveted and very much secret, right? The customer list, adding to the uh, troubling facts about this company, the customer list did not jibe with what Clearview had said earlier. It, it spans thousands of government entities and private businesses across the world. So the U.S. Department of Justice, Immigration and Customs, but it also includes banks. And he does allude to banks in a couple of different interviews, the founders. It also includes Macy's and Best Buy and Interpool. Uh, and then on the, on the list, uh, you also see credentialed users at the FBI. Uh, you know, we said hundreds of police departments. But here's something very interesting. It also includes users in Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. These are countries that are, you know, not particularly known for their progressive policies or their uh, – their First Amendment rights. Uh, the founder, by the way, says that they're exercising a First Amendment right, 
when they scrape all these images. Yeah, they're they're exercising a First Amendment right because they're all publicly available and out there. And if the argument that they make generally is that if Google can scrape all the websites and create search terms for all those things and then allow you to search that information, if, um, you know, YouTube has, you know, when you upload something to YouTube, it's all publicly available. They can scrape all that information for all the data and then the other companies intertwine and use that data to help each other find other things. Well, hey, why can't we do that too? Uh, so we're going to. However, a lot of the scrutiny that's been happening because of that that hack that was reported as well as just the tech in general and how these other giant tech companies, how their data is being used, tech giants like Twitter, Google, and YouTube same thing, have sent cease and desist letters to Clearview orders saying, do not do this anymore. Um, and even like because of this, some police departments and other users have just discontinued use of the software. And when the founder, you know, responds to this kind of thing, um, he says just, you know, our legal team is on it. They're working right now to fight that battle um, using the First Amendment as our major argument. Yeah, and importantly, uh, we should note that they said the customer list was the only thing compromised. So the hackers don't have that 3 billion plus and growing image archive. But you're right, Matt, legal troubles gather like storm clouds on the horizon. Clearview has said it's complied with things um, like policies proposed by the ACLU. The ACLU has said that they don't comply. Uh, and I think there's there's a case uh, coming up against Clearview in Illinois. And it's one of what may be many. Uh, arguably, legal troubles should be gathering on the horizon. And the storm should hit, especially when we look at the implications of this technology. And before we continue, we want to be like, cartoonishly transparent here we're not saying that clearview or the people in the startup are bad people and we're not saying even that their intentions are bad we're saying that this technology just like any other technology has inherent implications it has an, it, just like fire it it has it has some positive benefits and it has some very dangerous possible consequences like how could it be misused uh, the, the first one, just off the top here, the first one is the one we talked about a couple times in this episode. Somebody with access could use it for personal reasons. We did that hypothetical cop who's, you know, mad at his ex for dating Mark McGillicuddy or whatever. But we can go beyond the hypothetical examples. There's a real-life example. There's a billionaire Clearview investor who used the app to stalk his daughter's newest beau. He wanted to find out about this guy. I imagine, you know, um, whether you're a millionaire or uh, a pauper, you, you, of course, you want to know who your kid's dating. You want to know about them. But it's crazy that this guy was able to, um, to, to use it. And he, he found out all the stuff that we just mentioned, like where the guy lives, what his job is, uh, you know, his known connections, his social media and stuff. This example is a little weird, though, because I imagine being a billionaire, you could just hire a person to dedicate their time to doing that just hire a pi uh, this is a this is a really important thing about this that i maybe we mentioned but we didn't get into it the reason why he was able to find all that stuff about this person the way i've seen the software work it's not like 
you identify this person, then it gives you a giant readout of all of this person's information. You you identify that that person's face, then all of the other publicly publicly available on the internet faces show up, and you can click on it, and it takes you to the website where that face is, where that image is located. So that means you're then directly connected to their social media, to anywhere that that photo has been posted. And then through those other websites, you can gather all that other information. At least that's the way it was, it was demonstrated in that CNN business interview and a couple of, of other places. That's the way it works for now. Uh, but we know that that UI could easily be upgraded to maybe pull that, to scrape that information if it's publicly available, right? I mean, think about how many things are, we've talked about before, how easy it is to find a phone number, how easy it is to find not just your address, but the last few addresses you lived at over the years. This, this is where we should also mention people don't trust Clearview AI. It's a little bit of stereotyping, but they don't trust it because one of the investors, Peter Thiel, is also big in Facebook. So uh, Facebook it, uh, Facebook is good at a lot of things, and users' privacy has never been one. And that is not a bug. That's a feature from their opinion. Well, and th- this is just to dovetail on all of that. Um, it, in that interview, Donnie O'Sullivan does a search of his face, and it's the official profile picture on the website um, where he works for the CNN business site. And when it scrolled, when they scrolled all the way down, there was an image of him because he's in his, uh, I guess, 30s, uh, late 30s or something to that. I don't know how old he is, but he's a person about our age, uh, Ben and Nolan and I. They, they scroll all the way down and there's an image of him from a local newspaper where he was in Ireland. Right. Uh, when he was 16 years old. And it's a group of, you know, teenagers holding up a sign, and you can just see his face, and he looks absolutely different. I mean, you, I would not have been able to tell that that was him, but he recognized the photo, and he knew it was him. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of thing where, you know, this is uh, not an allegation on my part. This is just me wondering and ruminating. I'm wondering how they connected that up, how this face recognition software inserted that picture of him where he looks so different. And the founder says, well, you know, the, there's still parts of your face, the geometry of it that remain the same over the years, even if you put on weight, even if you're wearing glasses, even if you're covering your face. I get that argument. But it, to me, it makes me wonder if there is some kind of added, like, Spokio search that's going on within this system where you're looking at that's just another company that um you can search social media uh any social media accounts that somebody has using an email or a phone number or a name and it it makes me wonder if they're connecting things up there as a an extra layer of like data. a name like prioritizing an image by uh other information yeah i mean it makes me wonder if that's happening i guess not but i they i would say he didn't sufficiently the founder didn't sufficiently <laughs> explain how that image got in there and and the interviewer is clearly a little weirded out and disturbed by it 
Well, another thing too is, I mean, you know, in in the United States, presumably, um, you you know, you might be identified using this technology, but it doesn't mean you are immediately going to be convicted of something without some kind of physical evidence or without a trial. But in other countries where stuff like that isn't as much of a thing, it could be used to identify social dissidents or like people that are speaking out against a totalitarian government and flag them and throw them in the gulag or whatever, you know, without ever, you know, batting an eye. And that is uh, sort of the crux of the problem with this software is it depends on the notion of people that use it being good actors and, and, and being good stewards of this power that they have. And as we know, power corrupts and uh, we've got a lot of governments that are kind of corrupt and um, out to shut down any kind of uh, um, uh, criticism of, of what they do. And this would be a great way to identify those people and round them up um, and put them away. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's dangerous for that reason. You know, you could, you could uh, detain people and you could cut around some of their legal protections like what if this what if this counted at, in a court of law as definitive identification? Then you would say, well, we don't need to figure out if you're the person, right? It, it could get so dangerous so quickly. There's another point we have to add. You know, this sounds like some kind of Skynet Big Brother stuff. It can also be used inaccurately. It is far from perfect. There's um, it's one thing that I, I've been talking a lot about with some people online about. Uh, Facial recognition has an inherent racial bias that I wish more people talked about. For non-white people, for persons of color, uh, this stuff lags in accuracy. Not just Clearview, but in general, uh, facial recognition is known for this. And this means that you could be arrested due to a computer error because the software decided that you look like a guy you never met who lives in a state you've never been to, who committed a crime that occurred while you were not alive. And it could happen. It could happen here. And to continue with that, we mentioned, you know, the people that were known to be using this software, the organizations, and two of them, or three of them, let's just point these these out. Department of Justice, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Let's just leave it at those two. So take the problems you're talking about, Ben, that are inherent to this system. Apply that then to, let's say, immigrations and custom, looking for people who are in the United States illegally, and imagine that you're attempting to round everyone up. The implications of this software would be um, extremely effective, I would say, or completely ineffective because they're they're detaining and rounding up people incorrectly because of mm. the, the problems with the software. Well, think, think about this too. Uh, the problems with the software, so they compound on the state level, but they compound on the private level too. And this is one that I think for the immediate future is, is at least as dangerous as the Orwellian stuff we're talking about right now. So that data when it's mined, right? Just like your data on any other social media, it can be sold to third parties, insurance companies, financial institutions, and so on. This goes way past ads. The, the phrase, I know I'm kind of churchifying here, but the phrase I think of is a longitudinal profile of your face and your behavior over time. So it's like watching a, a real life progression of you aging and 
the let's say that uh, an insurance company or an algorithm could start to pick up on certain medical conditions that are manifesting in your face in in very minuscule ways, ways a human being and even a human doctor wouldn't sense. The computer picks this up before you know anything's wrong. Sort of like the way Target's algorithms figured out that poor girl was pregnant before her her family knew. So there, here's the question. Would the insurance company legally be required to notify you of this possible health condition? Say like there's clearly something happening, maybe if they have video too, in your behavior that is indicative of um, an early onset terminal condition. Would they be legally required to tell you that they knew you had a, let's say, 80% chance of dying in the next two years and give you the assistance you need? Right now, that's a nope. That is a big no, chief. They don't have to do a damn thing for you. What they can do with absolutely no repercussions is say, hey, this person's probably going to be dead in two years and it's going to be expensive to get them to year two. So let's just drop them. What are you, let's just drop them. There's no law that there's no like ethical legal requirement for them to tell you what they know. And that's that's mind-boggling that is reprehensible that is like i need i i need to get my good non-abridged thesaurus to come up with all the different words for how <laughs> bad and disturbing that is oh ben i would I love it when you do that because i always learn a new word <laughs> uh did you guys ever just to lighten the mood uh did you guys ever hear that old joke uh about the abridged thesaurus it's like i have a, an abridged thesaurus not only is it terrible it's terrible <laughs> that's so dumb i didn't write that but you but you can um the good news is right now depending on where you live you can opt out of clearview oh my gosh but it, it, even the way you opt out isn't like it, it, it's such a burden it's such a burdensome process you can't just click a box in an email right you uh, all you have to do is send a headshot do we all have those uh and and uh, an image of your government issued id um and this only applies also to residents of California or the EU um, for whatever reason. Uh, sorry, rest of the world, right? Jeez. Because of privacy, because of the privacy laws that exist there. Yeah. And we should also point out, uh, going back to this accuracy thing, there, there are serious questions about how accurate Clearview is in general. So BuzzFeed, uh, according to marketing literature they found from Clearview, uh, says that the company the company touts the ability to find a match out of 1 million faces 98.6% of the time. But when Clearview did finally start talking to the New York Times, uh, they said the tool produces a match up to 75% of the time, and we don't know how many of those are quote-unquote true matches. So there's some contradictory information that's coming out, which can make people feel uncomfortable, obviously, and that's that's where we leave today. The battle lines are firming up. On one side, you have Clearview, its investors, its clients, and what I would call uh, the, the techno-optimist, right? On the other side, you have privacy advocates, you have tech giants like Microsoft, IBM. You even have the Pope. The Pope came out against facial recognition, and he summed it up pretty nicely. He said, quote, this asymmetry by which a select few know everything about us while we know nothing about them dulls critical thought and the conscious exercise of freedom. Imagine applying that 
to a priest who hears the confessions from everyone uh, every week when, when they go and tell their dirty secrets. The priest is then the one who everybody knows nothing about, uh, but uh, he knows everything about them. Just putting it out there, especially, hey, and also uh, this thing is targeting child sex abuse and abusers. Just also leaving that there. Yeah. Oh, uh, one other thing for anyone listening along and thinking, good thing I made my profile on insert social media here private years ago. Sorry, homie. Anything that was public at some point is pretty much in the system, even if you later made it private. So check your MySpace. In that CNN business interview, as you said, Ben, they test out the software on the producer who has a private Instagram account and images from that account show up in the search and it is because it was public at one point. And that's where we leave off today. What do you think fellow conspiracy realists do the benefits outweigh the potential consequences of this? Do the consequences outweigh the potential benefits? Uh, let us know. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we always like to recommend our Facebook community page. Here's where it gets crazy. Yeah, you can jump on there. You can talk about this episode or any other. In the past, you can post some dank memes. Let's say some conspiracy memes or facial recognition stuff. Uh, maybe you've had access to this before, to Clearview, and you want to talk to us about it. Don't do that on Facebook. Don't do that. But if you do want to tell us about that, you can call our number. We are one eight three three stdwytk you can leave a message there. Tell us about it. Let us know if you don't want to be identified, if you don't want us to know um, or talk about anything on air. It just just let us know. Give us the information. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And I want to add to this to say that uh, I finally start, despite my um, strange phobia regarding phones, I started diving in. Um, Matt, you're doing massive, amazing work there. And I've started listening to these calls as well. Thank you so much to everyone who, who calls in. Uh, it, it's inspiring. And I don't know about you. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but it it makes me feel like what we're doing is worthwhile. If yeah. that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I've had, you know, uh, hopefully you're going to if you could get past the phobia, Ben, hopefully you can uh, call a few people because you can use that app and you should be good to go. Um, actually speaking to, to you know, uh, you know who you are if, if we've talked on the phone. Um, it, it means a great deal, as Ben is saying, just to us to know that we're not just talking in a darkened room um, and that you guys, you guys care about us as much as we care about you. So this is a great relationship. Let's keep doing it. <laughs> well said, Matt. Well said. And uh, we'll be following up with some of those messages in the future. So keep them coming. One last thing. If you say, look, Ben's right. Phones are terrifying and weird. Uh, but also social media. You guys just told me how dangerous that is. Why why on earth? What gives? Uh, how I have a story that my fellow listeners need to know about. I have some. I have some experience. I have some terrible jokes to tell you, but I don't know how to contact you. Well, we have good news for you. You can always twenty four seven contact us at our good old fashioned email, where we are conspiracy at iheartradio.com.
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T E R M I N I X.com.